Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. It is summertime here at the Big Honker Lodge. Kind of quiet. That means it's podcast season. Listen, you can get an all-access, behind-the-scenes look at everything that goes on here at Stanford Hunting Outfitters and the Big Honker Lodge. We have launched a Patreon. It is going to be live June 1st, and it is going to be small clips from around the lodge, about a minute to two minutes, nothing long. Uh, and it is three bucks a month. It's not going to break the bank. You can expect three uh, little short clips a week. And it is just some of the debauchery that goes on out here. So and probably head over, some bonus content. Head over to Patreon right now. Type in the Big Hunker podcast. Get subscribed to that because you're not going to want to miss what we got coming. This podcast is brought to you by the original Dive Bomb Industries. If you are in the greater St. Louis area, or if you just feel like making a little road trip, July 28th, 29th, it is the third annual Squad Fest. And I will be there. Jeff will be other places. But it is going to be a great time. There are calling contests. Uh, there's a meal Friday night. It is going to be a great, great time. And we look forward to seeing everybody out there. It is also not too early to start building that spread of your dreams. Silhouettes are the way to go it is cost effective and it does not take up a whole lot of room. So head over to divebombindustries.com, get everything that you're going to need. Season's going to be here before you know it. And I cannot wait to see you July 28th and 29th, St. Louis, Missouri. We're also brought to you by the boys up in Spokane, Washington. Actually, not even, not even there anymore. They're in Idaho now. Uh, the guys over there at Pacific Custom Calls, we've shifted gears from turkey season. It is no longer... They're no longer a pain in my ass, so it's all about waterfowl. Ducks, geese, uh, head over to PacificCustomCalls.com, and I highly suggest if you chase lessers, get the BA lesser call. It is the one that I like. It's on my lanyard. I might have a couple next year. Uh, they're great guys, and if you are still chasing those asshole turkeys, head over to PacificCustomCalls.com, and you can get whatever you need for turkey hunting. Pot calls, mouth calls, they got it all. Also, use the promo code BHP25. It's the way to go. Save a little bit of cheddar. We're also brought to you by the Mad Geniuses up there in Michigan. Boss, Shot Shells, Copper Plated Bismuth, and it hits like a freight train, and it only takes one. You're not having to shoot three or four times. Your follow-up, you're not having to shoot cripples. Get it done in the first shot. We will be with Boss at Delta and at Squad Fest. Come yep. by and see us both. Andy will be at St. Louis. I will be in Little Rock, but come by and see us. We will have shells for sale at both places. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not wanting to deal with uh, shipping. shipping and taxes and all that other good stuff, then head over. You just get a case and walk away, and you're set and ready to go. Great guys. If and if you can't make it to any of those places, websites bossshotshells.com and they will ship it. You'll have it at your door in two days. That's a promise. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. Uh, I tell you what, that cold brew is legit. And I'm going to be drinking it all summer long. I made my first gallon a couple couple uh, nights ago, and uh, it is a nice little refresher on those hot summer days. So uh, they got the cold brew out. I highly suggest you checking that out. And if you like your morning coffee hot, they've got something for you there also. They've got uh, the Missouri Boat Ride Blend, which is my favorite. Uh, high velocity, high caffeine. If you need that little pick-me-up in the morning, head over to DirtyDuckCoffee.com. And we've also got a promo code Big Honker, and that will save you some money at Dirty Duck Coffee. Their swag is also out of this world, too. So if you want a nice little I'm into duck stuff hat, head over to their website. You can get it and save a little bit of money using our promo code. 
Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear. They have just released their new boot. It is a low uh, mud boot. Slip onto these bad boys. Head on out there. Tackle whatever life throws at you. They've also got the best waders that are on the market right now. It's nylon material. It's heavy duty. It's durable. And they come with a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So, you know, you got nothing to lose. Try them out. You're going to love them. And then if something goes wrong, uh, you can send it over to the guys at Shin Gear and then they'll fix them and send them right back out to you. They've also got incredible uh, bibs that I tested all last winter and they stood up to everything that we threw at them. Wind, rain, cold. And scout boots. And yeah, it's all great. They got vests, jackets, they've got it all. Head over to shingear.com. They're a great company and we are proud to be a part of them. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Podcast. You got to go over to their Patreon, donate a little bit of money, and you can get their entire library, all the all the craziness that goes on with Logan and Rebel. Uh, just head over to their Patreon, pay the little monthly fee, and away you go. They're great guys. Proud to call them our friends. They come out here stork hunting every year. Emphasis on the hunt most of the times, but they're great guys. They're hilarious. Bourbon reviews are great. I highly suggest you checking out the Looking Glass podcast. Head over to Patreon right now. And while you're there, check out the Big Honker podcast. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck, maker of the best A-frame, the 2x4 blind. Uh, got great spinners over there at Lucky Duck. And the if you're into varmint hunting, they've got the Revolt out, which Zach is all about. Zach's a big varmint hunter, so... He loves it. Whatever you need, they're kind of a one-stop shop as far as electronics go out in the field. So whatever you need. Spinners, e-collars, blinds. They even got some uh, turkey decoys out there. So one-stop shop over there at Lucky Duck Premium Decoys. Great people. And uh, I don't know if they'll be at Delta or not. but I think they are. If they are, go by the booth. Tell them, tell them we said hello. Also, we're brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Nobody has done more to put ducks back into the sky for 85 years. Ducks Unlimited has put their money where their mouth is, and they have saved thousands upon thousands of acres uh, conserving wetlands for the ducks and the duck hunters. So we owe a lot to organizations like Ducks Unlimited. Get involved any way you can. They're a great organization, and we are proud to be a part of them. We're also brought to you by Double T British Kennels. Uh, contact Mr. Corey if you are wanting to get on the wait list for a puppy started dog, finished dog. Um, he's got a little bit of a waiting list, but that is just because he is putting out high quality uh, British Labradors right now for hunters all over the nation. And that is a good problem to have. So head over, send him an email. He's on uh, Instagram. So just shoot him a message uh, and you can go through the process of getting your new four-legged hunting buddy. And you're not going to be disappointed because... Tell you what, the proof's in the pudding. When you have a long waiting list, it's because you're doing things right. We're also brought to you by Mossberg. I shot the 940 all last season, and it is a great waterfowl gun. I love it. It is also Maddie Robertson's favorite. So it's one over it's one over the hearts and minds of Maddie Robertson and Andy Shaver. So, you know, that's that's good enough. Uh, the Mossberg, you can check it out. It's at all big box stores, wherever they sell Mossberg. Uh, give it a test run. Don't be sleeping on the 940 because it's a great waterfowl gun. We're also brought to you by Alpha Outdoors Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool. They will be out uh, hopefully this waterfowl season, and uh, it will revolutionize the way that you sit in an A-frame. No more buckets. Save your back. Save your butt. Save your legs. Get a Stanfield Stool. We're also brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Dove season's coming up. We don't have a whole lot of dove dates available, but we do have some weekday uh, dates and then... do, I can do a couple of private groups here and there. Um, I've got that available. I don't have any weekends unless it's the last two weekends of October. 
And then we start duck season, so we really don't have any weekends left unless you got 40 or 50 people. I think the third weekend of October would be about all that I have left. Uh, I've got some goose dates left in November still and have some goose dates in uh, December. And then in January, i got some crane and duck dates left. And we also got some stuff in Nebraska. So anyways, holler at me at 940-658-3172. We appreciate y'all listening to the Big Honker Podcast. We grow and grow and grow, and it's up to you. And don't forget about the Patreon account. What's the Patreon under? Big Honker Podcast. The Big Honker Podcast. All right. Thank y'all. God bless y'all. Be safe and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Jimbo Robinson. He is uh, one of the one of the leaders over there at Ducks Unlimited, and I tell you what, it was a really really fun conversation with him. We talked about everything uh, going on at Ducks Unlimited, uh, all the different fundraisers that they have, and it's just a really cool episode. He opens our eyes to some of the most expensive shoes I've never heard about. But anyway, enjoy this episode. Here he is, Jimbo Robinson. Here we go. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. That is right. You need to get involved with Ducks Unlimited any way you can, because they are the organization that is putting ducks back into the sky. We appreciate all your hard work. And on the line with us today, straight from uh, Ducks Unlimited headquarters, you're in Memphis, right? Right now? I am. All right. Straight from the Ducks Unlimited office. Mr. Jimbo Jimbo Robertson. It's Robinson, yes, not morning. Robertson, right? Robinson. Robinson. Like, good morning. Like Charlie. Charlie Robinson. Jeff, you probably don't even know who that is. That was before your time. No. After after your <laughs> time. Before my time. That would have been Porter Wagner. <laughs> Tom T. Hall. <laughs> Tank Sr. You live in Memphis, Tennessee, don't you? You live in the Memphis area, right? I do. I live right outside in, in Germantown, but right here. Would you be nervous to drive through Memphis, Tennessee at night? No. Not at all? No. Okay. Would you? You just got to have a full tank of gas. Would you recommend it to anyone <laughs> for their safety? Off the interstate. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you stay on. I'd have to tell you to stay on certain roads. But, yeah, I mean, certain parts of Memphis, I wouldn't get off and get gas. Um, but I think that's everywhere. Yeah, there's. I mean, certain, I think yeah. that I, I agree with I think you Memphis there. Gets a, I think Memphis gets a bad rap uh, for things, but I think a lot of it is brought on by um, the way we handle certain things in Memphis. But man, this place is—it's uh, there's so much to offer, and I think that it's so centralized too. Uh, because of downtown and the river and the way that Memphis is is built, you don't go from the outside in in Memphis, right? You go from downtown out, because then you cross the river and you're in West Memphis, Arkansas. So it's 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 a 
just a different geographical look. When you drive through Memphis, you come in on 240 or 40 from wherever you're coming into, you come into, you know, the heart of Memphis, you can get off there anywhere you want. But then when you get down to the river in, in downtown Memphis, you know, there's some areas down there that are dangerous, but people go down there all the time. I mean, we got Bill Street uh, Music Fest last week. This week, we got the World Championship Barbecue Contest going on right now on Tom Lee Park. So, um, you know, tons of people will be downtown this weekend, that's for sure. I I've been to Memphis a handful of times. I've never felt unsafe at Memphis. I went to Bill Street at nighttime a couple of times. That was 30 years ago. Is Bill Street, quote unquote, in a bad neighborhood or in a bad area? Or is it kind of like uh, the the uh, New Orleans where you can go to Bourbon Street, but if you get off a block I or two? I don't think there's very many good places in New Orleans anymore. And I, I'm going to be a little different in Jimbo. I think anywhere in Memphis now is getting dangerous, like all big cities. If there's a river runs through it, it's a shithole basically anymore. But, and that's a shame because <laughs> Memphis has a lot of cool things. Really does. It does. But, but is Bill Street, uh, quote unquote, in a bad area? It's their tourist area. Um, It's a tourist area. I mean, when no, the sun goes down. It, it's pro- yeah. <laughs> Jimbo what's is going on. Jimbo is playing it really, trying to be a really nice guy. But Jimbo's telling you right now, he's not letting his wife go to Bill Street after dark by herself or with one of her friends. Absolutely. No, I, you know, no, I wouldn't. Um, but they go, there's, there's certain areas downtown that they go to. I mean, my wife and friends go to the Orpheum and see plays and stuff. And, you know, it's all about being with a group of people. I, I think it has a lot to do with being with a group of people too. We, uh, is Bill street kind of like Nashville Broadway? Is that, it's I've never like been. That. It's like Bourbon Street. It's the same thing. It's a drinking same type, area. Same type vibe, like bars yeah. and yeah. clubs and stuff oh, like yeah. that. A lot of history there. A it's lot of closed. cool history. It's a cool place, and that's a shame. Just like Bourbon Street. I love the French Quarter in New Orleans. It's getting really, really bad, but it is a is one of my favorite places in America. Um, a couple of weeks, a couple of three weeks ago, we took, or probably longer than that, <clears throat> yeah. We took the whole family down there with another family to go to the Grizzlies game, and, and we started at one end near where the Redbirds play, and ate dinner along the way and walked down Bourbon Street to go to, I mean, walked to Bourbon Street. You got me talking about it. Walked down Beale Street to go to the Grizzlies game and, you know, went back at 930 at night. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And, I mean, with a group of people, it's I felt safe. Okay, now so. now that you brought up Mr. Morant or the Grizzlies, what's going I don't, I'm not a basketball fan. Not by, by any means. I don't watch any pro basketball. I hope the Lakers get their ass beat because I don't like LeBron, <clears throat> and I hope the Celtics win because I'm an old Celtic fan. So I hope, but but I'm not going to watch any games. What's going on with Jay Morant? What the problem with him having a gun? That's his constitutional right. Has he's never shot anybody? Has he? It was in a nightclub though, wasn't it? So that's uh, the first gun free zone. The first one was. Uh, now there's a, a second <clears throat> video that leaked i think sunday um i've heard a bunch of news stories about it i i i think it's uh young um it's a tough position now because our kids and we haven't really had a star athlete i mean we have mike conley zebo paul Pagasol, martin saw i mean you know the grizzlies have always had talented players but when you have a a player that's supposed to be the face of the league. Um, you know, I think it's the the perception of what people, uh, when you look at him and, and the, and the supposedly the gun, I haven't watched the video. I've heard all the 
stories about it with this recent one, but you know, that's a, a, a guy in Memphis, Jeff Calkins just brought that up. He's like, you know, what's the problem with having a gun in Memphis? It's open carry. I think it's the perception uh, to all of his fans um, that, that has made this one, another one, you know, a bad look on him. I mean, it's, what do I tell my kid, you know, that where's John Morant shoes to school every single day. We got him when they came out uh, the day one shoes. Um, I mean, he loves John Morant. My daughter loves John Morant. I mean, kind of what do you tell them about that? That's kind of the, I think that's what the Grizzlies are looking at as whole. I don't, you know, what he did is not illegal, but I think it's the perception when you are in a position that he's in, um, an influencer of, of what he does, what it looks like. And, uh, you know, do you agree? Not agree? I don't, I don't really know. I think it's a, it's a tough call. Um, kind of that, moral code moral compass that you look at and what you you know what you want your perception to be what you want your legacy to be well, I, I think right now john rent needs to get his uh stuff together if he wants his legacy to be what people think it can be well here's my thoughts on it i'm not like i said i don't know if he walked in my room the only thing i'd know is that's a tall dude i don't know who he is i would know him in public if i saw him i know who michael jordan is Michael Jordan's got a guy behind him that wears a suit that's got a gun under it at all times. He's right. got security guys. So I think it's kind of hypocritical. And I'm not calling out Michael Jordan on this at all because I'd be the same way. But Ja Morant, I don't know the whole basis of what it is. He hasn't shot anybody. He hasn't done if I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was wearing around $350,000 worth of jewelry, I'd be carrying my ass a gun too. Now, his problem is is that his homies that's hanging out with him and shit need to quit posting this shit. That'd be the best thing he could probably do. But him having a gun is no different than me or you having a gun, Andy. Right. And if you had that kind of jewelry, I'm just going to throw this out there now so Andy doesn't look like the liberal he is. I'm betting you everywhere you fly, if you don't fly, you've got a gun on you, don't you? Everywhere I travel, yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I care. Like if, yeah. That's if, I do a long, if I do a long road trip, like I've got my AR, I've got, I'm not going to disclose how many magazines, but I've got that. I've got, I'm prepared, yep. you know? I'm betting you when we were at Ducks, the duck vent, we had a pistol pretty close to us at all times. Uh, I didn't carry it inside. I didn't carry it inside. But there was guns. That, that, that's the deal. So I would have stolen Benelli's. And, uh, yeah. You know, what do they do with that? Do they take the firing pins out? or, or No, those they're live? shooting guns there. No, like in there, there was a booth with Benelli and Beretta and all this other stuff. They were all had trigger locks on. Oh, them. they did. But okay. they had a key. I, I didn't in case, look that close. They had a key in case shit got down. <laughs> in case, uh, <laughs> in case we got to. Well, there was uh, no ammo. One of the jobs uh, that I had one of the days was checking ammo boxes. So the ammo boxes were empty, um, and that's just safety and security. But yeah, all the guns had trigger locks. They had to check them every day, and there were some walking down those aisles. There were some pretty. There were some guns that I would have felt safe standing behind. Had stuff gone. Uh, Going crazy. Well, and the shotgun guys could have come over to our booth, and we could have given them some ammo. Ammo, so we'd have been okay in case some jackass. It's not a gun-free zone, so there ain't nothing going to happen there, anyways. What's crazy is that thing that happened in Allen while we were there. That uh, that yeah. outlet mall. Fuck. In God, evil. Well, you know, being Nashville. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, that that's the senseless is just it, it's it it hurts, especially when you know. I mean, Andy, I know you have young kids, and yep. and I do as well. Like when you just see that about the school, it 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 tears your heart out. Um, 
It's just gotten it's gotten crazy. Yeah. I, I don't um, understand the hatred. That's the thing it gets me is, and I grew up in generations where we didn't have a lot of of, of shootings like this. I was out. I wouldn't call it. Was that eighty nine? No, that was ninety eight. Ninety eight. I was out of school. Dyslexic. I graduated in eighty six. So I didn't. We didn't have. I don't remember ever having a school shooting or anything like that. I remember a dumbass brung a gun to our school. We had a Western day called Howdy Day, Howdy Week, and we it was cow. Everybody dressed like cowboys, and a buddy of mine came to fucking school with a pistol in a damn holster, like it was the Wild West days. Like a, not a cap gun, like a no, live a real pistol. fucking pistol, and he, we even shot it after school. But nobody thought nothing of it. I mean, you just didn't worry about him. He, they told, he, he would not see the light of fuck day no. in today's world. No, but did, do you think that they happened? Is just social media wasn't around? I think, or they just didn't. Happen? We didn't have that many. We didn't have school shootings. I'm gonna, back then. I can tell you what has happened. It and Jeff, Jeff never, <clears throat> Jeff never goes there with his mind. But it's oh, here we go. It's just that these people they don't see any other way out. Like all they have is hate in their heart. These are kids. So when you were when you were a kid, Jeff, everybody was active in everything. No, right? not always true. We just made fun of people, and people were were not soft. Was would you say that the majority of kids were active? Oh, they had things going on in their life. If right. they if they went home after school, they had a job. There are so many. They kids. were involved in either sports. They had jobs. They were in scouts. They were there was more stuff going on. Right. Yes, there's so many kids today that they go to they go to school. They're done at three thirty. They go home, and that's it. They're not involved in anything. Their home life is a wreck, and they've never felt loved at all. You also had interactions too back when I was a kid. Yeah, like so you, like can go, you can you go, you can go home and sit on TikTok all day, and that's your interactions with the outside world. And see, we didn't have that. If you want to interact with people, right, you your had to go out. outside. Right. So that's an element that we've lost in this digital age. Is just nobody is connecting with anybody anymore. I mean, hell, you can go get a wife online now. I mean, with the dating sites and stuff, like you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. What kind of money are we talking? Your date, your date is pre like how far you're going is predetermined before you ever buy her dinner or anything. So there's no social element anymore. And when you when you diminish the social aspect in society, well, you don't feel empathy for anybody anymore. So it's easy to go to a shopping mall and open up on a family of four and kill three of them and wound the seven year old. That's the worst part of that whole story is that there's a there's a family of four. The mother, dad, and I think little brother died. And there's a seven-year-old orphan out there that lost his entire family on a Saturday afternoon. Over absolutely something stupid as hell. I, I don't, I've said it before on here. I, I understand people getting mad at someone over a business deal. I can understand a spouse getting mad at another spouse. I can understand business, family issues. I can understand somebody snapping and not cooling off and someone shooting somebody. I don't agree with it. But I understand how that happens. I don't understand how you just casually park your car, get out with a gun, and start killing random people at stores. I just don't get it. How did Cain kill Abel? Well, I understand that. I just, but it's it's evil, and I just don't understand. How did Cain? It's in the Bible, Jeff. It's one of the oldest books written. Cain killed Abel. All he had was hate in his heart. I know. That's it. And it's just hard to believe that we're at that place. So, anyways, I don't understand Jay Morant deal. I don't understand what he's done is wrong. I don't think him having a gun. I think it's today's media. If they had a gun in. If Larry Bird would have been have a gun, nobody said nothing of it. If Magic Johnson would have had uh, a gun, I don't think that had nothing against it because back then it wasn't it wasn't culturally negative to own a gun. No, I, I think, and I agree. I, well, I think that it's what he did the second time, um, but I think it's 
the decisions you make leading up to that is where people are frustrated and have a problem with it. I think that, you know, you come out and you say, I'm going to be better and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to, you know, be a better person. And then you get snubbed from the all NBA team. You lose $40 million. I mean, that was kind of the, the talk is that, you know, I'm going to come back and be on top next year. And then, you know, another video comes out and not, you know, whether it's, what the NBA does with it. I know the Grizzlies suspending from all activities. The NBA to do their investigation, what the NBA does with it, I don't know. But I think from, you know, the perception of the fans in Memphis, it's like, all right, enough is enough. You know, we, our kids want to, you know, look up to a guy. And, and whether you like LeBron James or not, and I, I'm not a LeBron James fan, I think he's an incredible person. He has set the bar for uh, star athletes. Never been in trouble. Never done anything that you know is could be contra. Well, I agree. I agree with you. Saying, but he, he's not. And so when you look at all these other ones, it's like, man, just following what LeBron James did. I mean, he was the youngest person to make millions of dollars. Uh, not the youngest person, but he was, you know, the, the athlete, kind of like the Kobe's that came straight out of high school, made impacts instantly. So. I don't know, but hey, I don't have that kind of money. I don't know what that kind of lifestyle looks like. So, you know, I could sit back here and tell John Morant what to do all day long, but also didn't sign a contract for 198 million. At, and how old is he? Like 23, 24? 23. So, I mean, like, you know, 20. you're 23 years old. That's the thing. Like, it makes a lot of sense to 35. I'm 35. Jeff's however old. And, you know, the blueprint is out there and that makes a lot of sense. Like just do this and you'll be happy. But as a 23 year old kid that's on top of the world and just signed that massive deal, like good luck talking to him. I never had, exactly. I never had thought about that LeBron James. Deal. I'm not a LeBron fan either, but he does has done a lot of good. He don't mind having a four year old make tennis shoes for him for Nike. So I'm a little against that shit. But when it comes to being a nuclear family, stayed out of trouble, raised his kids very well. His son seems like he's a really good kid. He's done a great job. A really, really good job. The sad thing is, is there's a lot of LeBron Jameses out there, but we don't ever think about them because of all the turds that do other shits, the ones we hear about all the time. Anyways, the Jay Morant right. deal has just interested. Most of the guys that get in trouble have done something legitimately. I can say, well, that piece of shit, he don't deserve his money. The kid having a fucking gun, I don't think, he hasn't shot anyone. I think they're coming down a little hard on him. I have not watched the first video, and I haven't watched the second video. So I just saw he was, he was at a... Was he at a club club or a strip club? Because I saw the gun like fell out. There was a girl dancing, I know, or she was around him. Well, at least he didn't know. shoot himself like Plexico Burris did. Yeah, that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> hey, I heard y'all ran out of 20-gauge shells at the at the shoot on, what, Saturday? Uh, Saturday, we did. That's awesome. We did. Uh, yeah. Uh, we just, you know, the shooting numbers, the people that uh, shot at the DUX were extremely high compared to years past. Um uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that the overall uh, shooters from on Saturday were up significantly. Um, and I, I made a few passes out there and and it was packed every time I went. Um, a lot of people out shooting and um, Tetra did a hearing challenge shoot. I did go test that on Friday, which I thought was pretty cool. What was that? Something different where you sat in five different scenarios, dove, stool, um, did a boat, sat in a boat, um, stood behind a A-frame, blind, 
you did like five different hunting style scenarios and shot a true pair at each or a true report at each station. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got tickets uh, for some prizes based on how many you shot. Oh, that's badass. It's a pretty cool deal. But the winds made shooting. I don't know that I would want to bought. I would have wanted to make my decision on buying a gun in some of those winds. Right. I wonder what wonder what happened. Like, I mean, I wonder like why the the numbers were so far up. I wonder if there's just a lot of cool guns that are coming out that people are wanting to try out, or if it was just like I I can't put my finger on what happened any, this year. Any event like that takes time to build. Oh right. I mean, everybody wants to compare every trade show out there, but I mean, t- things take time to build, and um. You know, I mean, the event was planned during COVID the first time. It got canceled, and so it had to be moved back a year. So I just think the word's getting out about the shooting part and, and that you can go and and try basically a lot of different guns um, out there and, and see what you like. Yeah, that makes I hadn't thought about that. Like, the first year was during COVID. So it was like, whoop, yeah, nope, The second stop. year there were restrictions. Mm-hmm. So was last then, year that like uh, was last year like the first year where it was kind of full bore? To somewhat, uh, to some degree, yeah. Um, I would say this year was probably the first full year where there were no restrictions at all. I mean, I, I did not attend it last year um, due to I had another event the same time, but um, yeah, I would say this year is probably um, the first year that everything was open and everything was was you know moving together and probably with no no restrictions at all weather played into our favor this year too besides wind had the storm at night a saturday night was pretty good storm came through but leading up to it we didn't have anything yeah i remember which i hear is you know that's not common in texas oh yeah they blow up they blow up so may may may's the time baby like bad storms really i mean you're in texas like if you don't like the weather just wait five or ten minutes and it's going to change that's the good thing about april and may is you get all four seasons in a day um but yeah i mean you know y'all dodged a bullet it's been a bo- it's been a boring chase season so far for me you chased last week i got on a tornado but it was still not much of a we haven't been very many opportunities we're supposed to have like week-long opportunities and of course the ridge is killing us now so it's Speaking of storm chasing, Jeff, I mean, is the is Tornado Alley moving? Yes. We talk about, you know, everybody wants to talk about flyways moving. I mean, is the Tornado Alley moving? Because yes. I had to hunker down a lot in Memphis. Yes, it, it has. The move that shifted east. The Dixie Alley is is either grown or it's it's the season's getting longer because the Dixie Alley used to be February, March, April, basically. So late February, March, and April, you'd get them storms. Now that area has really gotten bombarded with storms. And the chasers don't like it because you can't see nothing. Too many trees. You can't get around. There's too much water. There's too many trees. We got into that uh, last week we chased. Last Thursday, I chased in Oklahoma. Western Oklahoma is great. Eastern Oklahoma gets hard. We were in eastern Oklahoma, south south of east of Oak City, about 50 miles. And there was a couple of big lakes there. Well, you start finding the roads. If this tornado drops down, how are we going to get stay on it? We're out west. It's a mile. Everything's a mile grid almost roadwise. Can't see shit. But yes, the the tornado alley has definitely changed. This is the time of year that we should be in tornado watches at least twice a week. Severe thunderstorm watches twice a week from 
South Texas, or when I say Southwest Texas, from the middle of Odessa area all the way up through the middle of Kansas should have these big watch boxes along these fronts and dry lines. And it's not happening. We're still going to have some bad weather. Now, with the El Nino that we're going into, we're going to have a wet summer and a wet fall, like which is normal. Well, that's normally what happens on El Nino, so I hope that happens. But, yeah, I think your storm, and your storm season is going to last a lot longer this year probably. So congratulations. So you will probably be in the cellar a bunch. Are you, do you have an underground cellar? Do you all cellar? have cellars or, or basements? No, see, we most people here, most people in, in Memphis, Germantown, have a, a room they go to under the staircase or – a closet with no windows. Uh, nobody has. I mean, I'm sure some people do. I mean, that have cellars or or storm rooms. My my in laws they have a they have a ha- they have a underground. I guess you know, tornado or uh, weather, whatever you call it, bunker out back underneath the ground. A cellar. Um, if you've got but, something underground, you're safe. Them above ground ones. I've said this before. I don't give two shits. I had a guy tell me. He said, "Well, I got one and." says it's good for 500 mile an hour winds we don't ever have 500 mile an hour winds i go you're correct we don't but that little fucking kia car across the street over there fucking tornado picks that some bitch up and throws it 200 miles an hour and it hits your fucking above ground room you're gonna be dead above ground is not the way to go but i the biggest tornado i've ever seen in my entire life was the one when i was a kid and we got in a cellar in the middle of the house and we're lucky it didn't get hit us because if it would have, I don't know if we'd have been left anyways. A big, strong tornado, anything above ground is going to get wiped out probably. That's just the way, if you get a direct hit. There ain't nothing you can do about that. That's you're, that's God. Yeah. I mean, I, the one thing about Memphis is, and I, you know, as soon as I say this, we'll probably, the next one will come, but the bluff, the river and the bluff seem to protect Memphis pretty, pretty well. Um, we end up with a ton of straight line winds. Um, Schuster lost three trees uh, a couple weeks ago in the last one. Um, two of them fell in his front yard, and one of them, you know, so close it leaned on his house. But we get a ton of straight line winds. Speaking of, but the bluff the, with El Nino and La Nina, like, is there ever just normal? Because I don't ever remember hearing about El Nino until I was. Like I have no idea. We need kid. to get a real meteorologist. To, but I'm like you. I didn't ever like hear it. All of a sudden, like, 1997. It's, either, it's either El Nino or La Nina all the time. Like, yeah. has it always been one or the other, or is there just a normal? I think that it's probably always been I mean, one. I, I thought it was just dry yeah. and wet. Right. I, right. Th- I think someone just coined the... Fr- Somebody in history finally <laughs> figured out her in meteorology, like, oh, shit, if the Arctic Ocean happens. is one degree colder than usual this year, and it, when we do it, it rains a lot, and right. when it's hotter, it doesn't do as much. I'm, I'm assuming it's just something they found recently, right. but I don't remember ever hearing about it until the late 90s. Right. At late 90s, it was... Both of my neighbors work for the Weather Channel, and I every time this comes up, I text them and say, do I need to watch out, or what are you thinking? And, and the amount of information and what they store in their heads is unbelievable. They are so smart. Yeah. And I mean, Jeff, I'm sure you meet those all the time, storm chasing, but I mean, what they look at is nothing what I look at. I, I look at you know, my local weather station, see what they say. But the true guys that are weather spot chasers you know. that are meteorologists blow my mind because I don't know shit. I know how to read a radar real well, and I know how to copy what other guys that are really big time chasers are doing. Follow <laughs> license plates. I'm really good at being in the right place, <laughs> and, and, and I'm good at hawking information off people. I've got a network of people, and it helps me a lot because I'm in the right place most of the time. But 
One of them guys comes up. So you're a public land shot. Oh, big, big time. When it comes to storm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a hunt proof guy for storm chasing <laughs> or on X or whatever it is. Those guys will come up to the, the, the real, I'll be sitting on the side of the road and a guy come up and talk to me and he's like, well, you think they're, you know, them clouds got a little stratus in them and they got upflow and downflow and rip currents and blah, blah, this. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. But I'm going to be on the next fucking wall cloud wherever it's at. But I, I don't know. I had a guy stop me in Oklahoma the other day. We were filming, and he comes up. Well, what are y'all seeing? I said, oh, we're looking at these kangaroos out here. Kangaroos? Are you shitting? That's what I always tell people. You know, and they just, what, yeah, what the fuck do you think we're doing? We're in the middle of the road, middle of nowhere. You live by here. You've never seen me before. And we got all kinds of cameras and shit out at the clouds. Yeah, we're looking for storms. Jeff's just an asshole to these people. It just uh, the common did you, did sense. Did you see Twister 2 filming in, what is it, El Reno? They went, we went right by where they were filming the oh, other day. Oh, you did? Just yep. wave to Helen Hunt? No, I didn't. We, I didn't even see where they were filming. They were also chasing. We pulled up at a, we went, we got, no, we got stuck in a, uh, in a roadblock. It was all highway patrols. And we pulled up and we got a, a Suburban and we've got two big cameras going. We got GoPros everywhere. We look like we're the fucking shits. I mean, we do. <laughs> we roll up and that lady rolls window. She goes, the road's blocked that you can't go that way. You can go this way. She goes, that way's where the tornado is. I go, well, that's what we want to see with the tornado. She goes, oh my God, y'all are a film crew. Come through. Y'all are storm chasers. Them fucking people got oh out of the road and goodness. let us through. The next roadblock, same thing happened to us. We're storm chasers. Let us go through. Imposters. Oh, yeah. I said, they probably think we're filming. <laughs> they probably think we're filming Twister too. You know, one time Jeff got uh, reservations. He pretended to be a doctor. And it worked. And it worked. Scotch and sirloin, so Wichita, like, Kansas. So, like, Jeff's just all about just... I didn't get reservations. Just, I walked up oh, to the right. deal. You didn't have reservations. And it was an hour and a half wait, and I told the lady, well, the I'm hostess, I said, uh, you don't have reservations <laughs> for Dr. Stanfield? Hold on. And she started looking through her computer. She goes, we don't. And I said, shit. I said, I'm going to kill my secretary. I said, I have got to deliver a baby in two and a half hours, and I have to be there for that. And we have this dinner party. Hold on, Doc. And she went in the back, and they Hold had us three minutes. We had the best table they had right in front of the fireplace. And they're, the wait- they're going to get you one of these bad. days. Waitress called me Doc the whole time. Somebody's going. I wish somebody would have gone into labor. Oh, don't worry. We got a doctor right over here. He'll he'll see you. Yeah. Insurance. <laughs> My insurance don't cover that. Uh, that would have been the best. Or if they'd have called you out on like needing credentials of some sort for your storm chasing bullshit. I'll tell you a funny story about uh, delivering a baby, though. So my dad, my, you know, my dad was a fireman in Wichita, and they got a call, and they would be a first responders. They'd get there before the ambulance did, and they get there, and, and and this black guy comes out of the house. He's like, "Oh Lord, Lord, thank God y'all are here. Thank God, my my, my daughter, she's fixing to have a baby any minute, any minute. Just go on in, go on in." They said the ambulance will be behind us. I'll sit here and I'll tell them. I'll just, Point them in. Firemen run inside. This lady comes big. Oh, Lord, thank God you're here. Fix to have a baby. And they flip her on the couch, pull, pull up her dress, pull her panties down, and they start checking to see where she's dilated at. The guy comes in. He goes, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? That's my wife. My daughter's in the back room back here. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong lady. <laughs> Wrong one. After they did check to see if she's dilated. <laughs> but she's definitely not pregnant. She's dilated to four naturally. <laughs> she walks around at a four. <laughs> we have a lot more fun with you than we ever did with David. Yeah, David, don't let us talk about stuff David, like this. David, David kind of nips it in the bud. I'll probably get. He'll probably. I'll probably get the call from. Hey, him. is that a dead mountain? Supposed to stop him. <laughs> yeah, is that a dead mountain behind you? What? Yeah. How do you take the? No, you're off? good. You're good. I just. I was seeing what all is it. You a, do have bare walls. You need to work with David yeah, on gotta, some decorations. You gotta feng shui that room. There you go. Oh, you got a Pentel on there. I thought it was a Mallard. Okay, Pentel and a Mallard. I got you. 
I got you. I like better ones. The hybrid. What? I've got a hybrid uh, in front. What is Intel Mallard hybrid? We've killed a couple of them over the years. What is your? Uh, where did you grow up at? Oh, up top. I gr- oh yeah. I like that. What kind of turkey is that in the corner? Eastern. Oh, fuck those guys. Andy Stowe's got bad memories this year. They whipped his ass. Where did you grow up at, Jimbo? So I was born in Memphis. Um, lived here for 11 years, and then I moved to South Carolina. Went to middle school, high school there. Went and played football at Wofford College in Spartanburg. Um, uh, lived there with my mom and, and stepdad. And then um, when I graduated college, I came to Memphis to work for DU. And my dad lives in Memphis and tons of family here. Just coincidentally, um, I came back to Memphis. I didn't have plans to, um, but followed a uh, career here. And um, so grew up in, in South Carolina and, and Memphis. So how did you so get hooked up with Ducks Unlimited? Been always done here. I started a chapter at Wofford when I was there. Um, just didn't have a bunch of duck hunters that I, I knew um, while I was there. And so I started a DU chapter, a collegiate DU chapter. And my regional director at the time said, hey, man, there's a job that's opened at, at DU. I know you don't have a job yet when I graduated. And that was in 2008. And so I kind of slid into DU right before, um, you know, the housing crisis and the market, all that. Uh, so I had bounced around between a few jobs within the, the building for two years. And then I, uh, went into the field as a regional director in 2010, um, which I did up until January of this year. What is that job like? Doing all of our, just all of our fundraising events. Um, basically you get to work with all the volunteers across the country, but, uh, in West Tennessee, I had West Tennessee in the boot hill of Missouri. Um, when I started, so basically you, you work with the volunteers to host all of our fundraising events across the country. I, it was, you know, you're a professional, uh, party planner as some people call it, but really you just are the, you know, working the volunteers do the hard work. I mean, that's what makes DU who we are. I know y'all talk to Schusler about this numerous times, but the volunteers, uh, put on the events, you're basically their biggest cheerleader and, and and assist them in anything they need. Um, but every every regional director is different. And that's what makes DU so unique. Every committee is different. So it was a blast. That was one of the, the I had an awesome time um, as a regional director, working with so many different people and meeting so many people and, and you know, just doing it for 13 years. You just watch young kids grow up and, and coming back to events year after year that's kind of what was so rewarding for me I was watching the smiles on their faces at events every year and and telling me about the ducks they shot um you know between the two years so it was that's that's what we do we have 89 regional directors throughout well 80 yeah 89 regional directors throughout the country um that all have the same passion that i did i didn't realize how important the college chapters were to ducks unlimited and that's it's crazy the amount of money that some of these guys raise. Well, in, in my new role, that's one of the things that uh, I, I am oversee um, our collegiate and varsity chapters. The high school chapters, to me, now have become very, very important. That's one of the 
things that um, I was uh, the high school chapter started in North Carolina. Um, the volunteers in North Carolina saw the need to um, put something in high school in high schools, and and they started their own chapters up there. And and to be honest, I laughed about it. I thought there's no way I'm, I'm going into heart into high schools and, and working the DU chapter role and trying to host events. And then um, over time, I took uh, had a guy call and say, hey, man, I, I go to a local private school here in Memphis. I'd like to start a DU chapter. And then one after the another, we had four private schools in Memphis that wanted to have um, varsity chapters. And, and we had the two top varsity chapters in the country in Memphis for six years. One of them was the national champion six years in a row. They raised the most money um, year over year, and they were raising most money than a lot of my adult chapters, um, which was a really incredible thing. But you, you get those kids that you know may not have had a parent um, or anybody to get them involved in in the outdoors, get them involved in a high school DU chapter, and then when they go to college, they you know seek out those same people in college. And started DU chapter, and, and now over the span of it, they've been involved with DU for six or seven years. It's kind of just something they do. And then when they graduate college, they go on and, and get on their local committee or start their committee if they don't have one. And I've had, I bet I've had hundreds now, um, but this all started in 2014. So for seven years or nine years, I had kids coming through the varsity program um at the high schools and then we have an all-girls school here in Memphis. St. Agnes is an all-girls private school and they have 87 committee members. Wow. Um on their committee and it's they raise 25 to 30,000 dollars every year at that's their amazing. local event. That's great. And that to me is what that's that's where my passion really got going was watching when I saw the, they do it all. I mean, that these, these high school kids do it all. They go and get underwriting and um, sell tickets to parents. And I mean, it turns into um, a, you know, a normal banquet when they walk in the door, uh, as far as what it looks like from the outside, it's a normal day event, except for the all girls event, um, which I have to get my wife involved to help me because I don't know what, the trends are, yeah. um, yeah, no the, 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 yeah, the <laughs> shoes, shoes. That's if you want to really know what drops the high school girls and their parents, it's called golden goose shoes, golden goose they're, shoes. There's $700 tennis shoes. Oh, and huh? used. Shit. No shit. Yes. Look them up. Yep. And there's a store here in Memphis that sells them. I mean, I think they sell them online, but they're I think fucking they rundown do shoes. I'm telling They're you. All, they look like busted up but, Converse's uh, for seven hundred dollars. They, I think. No, yeah, no. This was seven hundred fifteen dollars. I'm looking at it. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, it's just an old I, rundown shoe. Looks like it had. I feel sorry for a kid wearing those. Looks like yeah, like you like, feel bad for that kid. Shoes. Like hey, you want to go buy some Nikes or Adidas? We can't buy Nikes. They're seven hundred dollars. Damn, they look like what Forrest and Jeff and Andy every. I bet 70% of the girls that were on that committee had those shoes on when we took their group picture. First of all, you're going to... There were 49 of them. You're going to a high-dollar academy. That actually came to the event. So, 
that, it's, where that, where do I, you even get these at? Because these are not at the they they are not at shoe department that I go to. <laughs> There's a story in Memphis. My wife, uh, she went and bought them for me every year, and and you have some the event, but yeah. Well, no, I know for, for the no, event. I thought you meant you're wearing them. But we're gonna have a new conversation next time I see you. The cheapest pair that I can find <laughs> no. is five hundred ninety five dollars, five hundred thirty eight dollars. We have a shoe expert in our yeah. family. Golden Goose sneakers. They look like what Forrest Gump Golden. ran across the country in. Like by the time you finally get them, <laughs> these are all busted up. Now I just sent my wife a link to or told her, have you ever heard of Golden Goose sneakers, right? I'm gonna ask my wife also. And, and I'm gonna tell you what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna have a pair, a pair of, of Golden, Golden Goose, Goose fucking sneakers and before we go to fucking New York in two weeks. And then and then Jeff's gonna hear, Oh, I've had them forever. Yeah, that's gonna be the biggest bunch and of And then shit. Jeff's gonna send me a message and say thanks, thanks. a lot. He's going to ask her, when did you get those Golden Goose sneakers? Oh, I've had them for years. I just never wear them. It's how she sneaks shit in. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. <laughs> when did that come in the mail? About two months ago. Yeah, yeah. Been there. He just didn't see it. <laughs> when did you get that? It's funny. Now that I work in the office, I can get stuff shipped to the office. And it's like, where did that come from? I was at the it office. Just, it was just there. But uh, it's but the the cool thing about it is, is that you know, these girls are, are so passionate about DU um, conservation. A lot of them hunt. And that was what the interesting was, is listen to them all kind of tell me about, you know, hunting with dad or uncle or grandfather over time. And, and you know, and I we let them build their own DU event. And I think that's what one of the things that makes DU so unique is that they, they built it. I mean, they would get pink yetis for their event and, and um, they'd have you know, other DU stuff at the event too, but golden goose shoes. And they give me a list every year of things that I needed to go out to the town to buy, or they would get donated. Um, and it really helped me because it was allowed me to, you know, get some clues on what's going on now. Give my wife really cool Christmas and birthday gifts. I got to, I got to talk those to you. shoes, but there's some duffel bags, but yeah. Uh, they would fill me in. They'd ask me stuff all the time. You never, you never heard of that? Say no. It looks like a regular old hooded sweatshirt that I wear every day, and they'd be like, "Man, that's, it's two hundred and seven dollars. Two hundred and seven dollars." They've got a Lulu women. Lemon oh yeah, we're all sweatshirt. we know about that shit now. I got to start texting you okay. around like birthday and Christmas time because I suck at gift giving. But uh, man, I mean, Golden you. Goose. Uh, that might be a little bit. One out of, of my guides wears Lulu lemon pants. It's not me, really. Yep, Blake. Blake oversized. I have heard it, that they are comfortable. Blake oversized yeah. poppy. He has some. Yeah, it's the guy that you. If you saw all the guides uh, lined up on a wall, and you were like, "Hey, pick up, pick out the Lululemon wear," you would not pick him. No, he would become. But he loves them. It wouldn't be. Blake. No, he might be by pick behind me. Even me and Blake would be at the bottom of the list of the Lululemon guy. But he talks about how comfortable they are, though. I'm gonna get me a pair. I can't let Blake be the only Lululemon. Uh, you know they ha they sell slacks. I hear there's. I hear they're super comfortable. They have a pair. I'm looking. I'm on goldengoose.com. They've got a pair of plain white sneakers. Nothing. They don't even have the star on them. There's no color. White. 350 bucks. Woo. For white sneakers. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know nothing about Golden Goose, but if they're made in America, I would buy Golden Goose before I'd buy a pair of Nikes. Hey, how, I don't know about the sizing, though. It starts at size 35. How does that work? European sizes, probably. Oh. Yeah, so that would probably Man, not be made in, not America. made in America. Yeah, I got there that, go. too. So I'm not buying Golden Gooses. <laughs> but that, that was a dead giveaway on that thing. 
<laughs> and to be honest with there's you, there's a chart out there somewhere. They're bringing, you know what they look like? They look like Converse's from the 70s. Yeah. Made in Italy. Yep. Converse should have signed Michael Jordan. I tell, it's like I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, my fashion will, what I wear every day will come back around at some <laughs> point. And I'll be cool. Eventually, again. it'll all come back. Yeah, it's made. It's made out of uh, real leather. That's what makes it so uh, expensive. You, you, you know, made you, in Italy. You, you said that about the clothes will come back. I remember growing up in the '80s, and you'd see some fucker still wearing his '70s clothes. An old guy, thirty-five years old, he'd be going to bars and shit, and have his shirt unbuttoned down to his belly button, his gold chain, and all that shit. And you're thinking that fucker lives in a time warp. That shit hadn't been in style in years. And then as I get older, I feel realize I'm the same way. Fuck it. It'll come back. Or well, I mean, it's, I'm just going to wear what I want. I'm comfortable with bell bottoms now, like bell yes. bottoms have made their way back. So, you know, we're just, we're in the seventies. Are you getting you some bell bottoms? <laughs> you're not going to, that's going to miss me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ever wearing them fuckers. Yeah. That's not happening. My wife has heard of them. She said, yes. And they are so ugly. Glad I did not get that for her for mother's day. I would have been a big swing and a miss and I'd have been out $700. What'd you get your wife for mother's day? I did get her a pair of sneakers. And did you? Yeah. Okay. Start working out. Mom bought her own stuff. Well, we're not there yet. Maybe one day. I don't know. I don't know if my wife was telling me something this year for mother's day or what, but but I, you know, Mother's uh, Day I just had ended. In mind and the kids, I know okay, that. Okay. I yes, make sure. I had my mom in town too. Uh, but I, uh, we, my son had his birthday party this past weekend, and we did something that was awesome. They did the gel, the little gel beads, the Orbeez, the gel blaster yeah. guns. They've got some paintball parks here in Memphis that they've turned into those gel blaster gun parks, and so that the you know, and they don't yeah. hurt as bad. I, mean, I got shot up thousand times down on the sidelines this weekend but i had a blast doing that i was man, if i was a kid and i'd have had one of those um i'd have gotten in a lot more trouble but uh yeah so i had she said i'm gonna get my own mother's day gift i'm gonna i'm buying me a purse and i said okay i guess i was out i got cards and kids made breakfast and i cooked dinner sun- sunday night but i didn't have to do the shopping this year so i, I asked her i said are you trying to tell me that I, what i've gotten in the years past i didn't do very good <laughs> Or, um, so I, I've sucked at gift giving from day one. About the second or third Christmas, me and Michelle were together. I bought her a bunch of shit, and I thought I was so proud of it. She opened it and looked like she's happy. About, I don't know, nine the next fall, I bought her this jacket from Cabela's I thought was so cool. And I see her sister wearing it the next fall. I'm like, <laughs> isn't that the, the coat I got you for Christmas? Oh, she just loves it, Jeff. I just had to give it to her and stuff. And I started noticing anything I fucking <laughs> bought, she never wore. So I gave up on that shit. So I just let her, you buy your present. and when you when, Matter of fact, at Christmas time, when we open presents at my house, it's a surprise me, for me for everything because I don't know what anybody's gotten because I don't do any shopping. And I'm happy with that because I don't like to shop. I don't shop either. No, I, I don't. I don't. My wife just got she just got back from Charleston, and before she left, she was like, "It'd be really nice if the house was clean when I got back." So, <laughs> that's what I did. Was it clean? Yeah, it was clean. I mopped. I didn't do laundry because I don't. Well, I, 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 I hope it's clean when you leave. That's I did. What you uh, said. I did. Uh, no, she said it'd be really nice if the house was clean when I got back. So me and the boys picked up their rooms. I mopped. I don't know how to do laundry, so I didn't do laundry. I did one load. And she how did had, it work? Did it work out for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you did on laundry too. Your mom does all that did shit. It on, I, I, I did a load of darks and I did yeah. a load of towels. So other than that, I, uh, that's it. I'm pretty good at laundry. I I, I got good uh, two years ago. My wife 
January 3rd, 2021, my wife fell out of the attic. Uh -oh. And uh, taking um, luggage up the, the old attic pull downstairs. Boy, I bet you never heard the end of that. She she got to, I know. How long, had, how long still, had you left it in the foyer for her to finally be like, fuck it, I'm putting it up there? I, you know, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> it, it we all live in the same long house. That she said, I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we all live in that house. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so, uh, I yeah, she she stepped down and, and she fractured her um, heel, broke it into tons of pieces, and ah. she has a plate and nine screws. So she was non-weight bearing for 12 weeks Damn. and so it was either i did the laundry or it didn't get done so i do the old cold theory um i watch everything on cold and if it's i try to do darks and lights and watch everything on cold unless it's towels yeah she's like yeah doesn't matter yeah that, that those stay the same but I, but I did make some serious mistakes early on in, in laundry and <laughs> One of them was not checking pockets for Sharpies. Oh, Ooh, you want to talk about being yelled at. Um, but yeah, my, so, my yeah. wife, you know, we got two young boys. So she likes, she stain treats everything. I did not do that on the one load that I did. So like evidently the, the stains are like baked in there now. So that'd be your fault. Yeah. So you put them through the dryer too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not hanging shit up. Like it's all going to the dryer and then I'll fold it and all that other stuff. Like I'm not, I'll attempt to spray. I'll attempt to spray stuff, but I, I can't get, I spray it, the stain doesn't come out. She sprays it, the stain comes out. I, I don't understand that Yeah, one bit. Maybe she lets them soak longer. I'm ready to get it yeah. done and out of the way. It, Fold it and put up. You know, when we first started the podcast, I got a text from my mother-in-law. We're going to the hospital with Jesse. She was big pregnant at the time. And I was like, oh, fuck, what has happened? Like, we're in the She's middle like of the podcast. She's like eight months, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, we had our second son in July. And, like, this is, like, the fourth, around the fourth of July, end of, end of June, fourth of July. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happened? Like, we are just started a podcast. And she's like, we think she broke her foot. And I'm like, oh, fuck, how did she do that? Evidently, my dog, who was not, you know, he's my dog when he screws up. I never heard her say it's our dog. I can't even remember what he did. <laughs> he ate one of the kids. He ate the, my oldest food or something like her that. panties. Or panties or licked her panties or something like that. So she kicked him. <laughs> And then, like, she's eight months pregnant. She's hobbling along. And, like, luckily, like, the x-rays came back negative. But, like, I have been there where it's just like, oh, God, what are we going to do now? Because I was like, fuck, she's pregnant. Now she's got a broken foot. And we're, how's she going to push on a broken foot? I don't, you know, it's, it, it all goes everywhere. But uh -oh. it, it, one of those things totally wasn't my fault, but it ended up being my fault. Well, I, I tell you, that those. You know, it happened January 3rd, which is like the heart of duck season yep. here. And I was supposed to hunt with Schuessler like the next week. And my wife is a saint. And I, I, I will never, ever take for granted all she does for us um, at the house, but especially during duck season. And, man, I had to turn in. It was daddy daycare. And it turned into like this big joke. And all my friends <laughs> were. But all the things I had to do. And I was posting it on Instagram. Um you know, the, the I, like forgetting the mail. Yeah. Like I went, I think we went seven or eight days without me getting the mail. <laughs> and when I finally got it, I opened that mailbox and that door swung open and stuff fell out. I mean, it was, I was like, I, you know, stuff like getting the mail, but, um, it was great. My mother-in-law came and, and I, I'm lucky enough that I still hunt with my grandfather, dad, uncle, brother, 
it's a duck hunting is a way of life in our family. So, you know, they would, I packed up Mary Morgan one week and we, they all went to the duck club. Um, you know, though we did it together. You're like, we are ours a little different, but you work in the hunting industry. You work for ducks limited. You got to duck hunt some, that's part of work. So I can't really get mad at you for working. You just happen to choose a really cool job. Oh, they do. No, and I play that well. The car that I play is not the work car. The car that I play is the grandfather car. Oh, right. Mike Sweetheart. You know, that was 83, 84 this year. It's maybe his last season. I got to get, you know, this last six or seven days in. And she's like, you've been playing that car for 11 years now. <laughs> well, one day and you're going to be right. You know what? One day. Um, and I, I fortunately um, lost a, a really good uh, August uh, to a tragic a drowning here in Memphis and, and kind of brought a lot of things in perspective like you never know. Um, Wait, you broke up. You lost a, and, You lost uh, what to drowning? Go back. A good friend of his. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I lost a, yeah, one of my really good friends last August to a, a drowning incident. Uh, we coach football. Um, we flag football and we had a big practice here in, in Memphis and uh, the storm came out of nowhere. Um, and we have a culvert and in that culvert, um, a little boy fell in and my buddy Will jumped in, um, to save the boy. And, uh, he actually, when he actually missed the boy going under him, uh, there at the culvert and Will held on to the side wall going under the road. And, um, uh, he just, he didn't want to go through the culvert, uh, looking back on it, hindsight 2020, if he had gone through, he would live, but we didn't know what was on the other side. Neither did he. Right. And, uh, so he, he, he drowned, um, and he was, I, uh, I went with him the second to last day of season the year before. And, and so it, you know, we joke about it, but, you know, things like that happen. And, um, you never know when your when your last day is going to be. So I don't take, uh, I really this year didn't take any days for granted and, and spent a, a lot of time with my family and, and some of my close friends. I tried to invite more friends mm -hmm. to go duck hunting with me, more volunteers, just because I don't ever want to be the, you know, hey, well, let's let's try it next year because it may not be there. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad deal. I'm sorry, here, Richard, friend. I remember when that happened. What was his name? Will Will Drennan. Will Drennan. Yes, it was all over. It was because I saw it. Matter of fact, I reached out to David about it, and he told me. Yeah. About you and Will. Anyway, that's a sad, that was yeah. a horrible deal. Puts things into perspective, yes. though. I mean, like nobody knows when their time when their ticket's going to get punched. And I mean, it's just no. all about going out there and doing everything that you can every single day and. Um, you know, just waking up and being able to do what you love is it's a win, but yeah, man, that sucks. You want to live a long, long time. Now I found out after listening to Andy today that I can buy me a new wife on the internet. So if anything happens to Michelle, I'm looking at finding me one that's younger with a whole lot of money. Did they have a place for those? Mm -hmm. I'm sure. For young, yeah. young, wealthy women yeah. looking for old men. For I, don't, husbands. I don't know that that's uh women. Women will mate uh, across and up. Yeah, I'm in so, big trouble then. Yeah, you're you're probably screwed. <laughs> Looking for a poor fat lady. Uh, what uh, what all what all trips will you take in a year? Hunting trips, or do you try um, to I stay right around Memphis? Uh, mainly, I, I hunt around here, but that has a lot to do with um, just my dad, grandfather, and son. Um, but I, I I go to North Dakota every year. Uh, we started going about ten years ago. Um, we uh, met a farmer up there, and and we hunt their land. Um, 
And so uh, become really good friends with, with them and their family. And I'll leave all my stuff up there, all of our uh, layout, our, our uh, A-frames and, and decoys. And so last year was the first year we, we flew. Um, the other years we've driven, um, but we decided to fly last year for the sake of time with kids. But I go to North Dakota every year, mid-October. Um, and then I'll go Arkansas, I'll hunt Tennessee, um, a few days around Christmas, but mainly I go, uh, over to Arkansas and, and I'll hunt in Mississippi a little bit, but I stay around, around here, uh, for the most part, just, and, and it may change with my new role, but the fall is busy yeah. as a regional director fundraising events in the fall, you know, to go away in October was a lot. Um, but I, uh, that's a busy time for you um, in the fundraising world. So fundraising normally ends here around 1st of December. So I'd hunt opening weekend and Thanksgiving week. We spend Thanksgiving as a family at the Duck Club um, and go to the World Championship Duck Calling Contest. And and then I'll uh, normally hunt that next week when it's closed in Tennessee or Mississippi. Um, but I went to Oklahoma a few years ago. Uh, I've threatened to go back out there, Kansas, but you know, I just what I have is is I I know the areas I know, yeah. and I uh, you know, just stay around here what, and love what we do here. What is the coolest of all the DU banquets you've been to? What's the coolest format you've seen as a fundraiser ever? The coolest format. Someone has to have something that they do that's different than everybody else's. That's really, really super cool. I, I would have to say fishing for ducks. Fishing. I would have to say, I mean, I, the ice fishing tournament that's shaped like a duck head on ice. I mean, the, and it's probably because I live in the South. I mean, that's probably why I think it's so unique. I mean, I, that one or, or I think poker runs, John boat poker runs on the lakes. Pretty cool. Um, but I, I would say that fishing for ducks event is, is so unique or the seaweed event in Charleston where they, you know, during the seaweed event, Southeast wildlife, Southeastern wildlife expo, you know, that they serve 3000 people oysters, but they cannot start setting up until three o'clock. And the doors open at five thirty, so they have two and a half hours to set up an event for three thousand people eating oysters. Two, and it's one of our top events in the country every year. And I think that the 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 event that one may not be the the coolest as far as you look at events, but the amount of people they serve and how fast they have to do it and get that room set up is incredible. But I think the fishing for ducks that, that just I'm not an ice fisherman. I've never done it. But looking at that, that's one that I that's on my list to go and 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 see um, because I, I mean everything's on ice yeah. like I, it just mind blowing to me. Right. I, I don't that seaweed event. That just, I would like to crazy. I would like to go to that next year. I've heard that is an amazing show. Is it the same as Turkey though? I think it's the same exact. No, weekend. I think it's the next weekend. It wasn't it? this year. It was the same weekend. It was this year, but I don't think it's always. It's called yeah, seaweed. This year it was the same time because we had split staff. Oh, um, it's in Charleston. Yeah. We split staff. Some staff went to see we someone did WTF, but which one do you go to? Not always. I didn't go to either one of them. I was transitioning at that point. Oh, um, and so I stayed, um, 
in Memphis to kind of, I was trying to get events going. We hadn't hired my replacement yet. So I was still, I stayed here. Um, you know, so many different events. We have a massive oyster roast here. We used to serve a thousand people. Um, we used to cook 6,000 pounds of, of crawfish. I mean, oyster roast crawfish. Well, we used to have 6,000 pounds of crawfish in two hours. Jeez. Um, How do you even so do over that? over a thousand people. Uh, about four trailers, uh-huh. massive tanks, and winches. I mean, they literally would winch the pots out, slot them down on a rail, dump them in these massive coolers, shake them, and serve them. I mean, it was it was too big. I mean, yeah. it literally got to be where it was too big. And now we do 500 people in the parking lot of, of headquarters. Um, same same weekend again. Replacement. It is. Same exact it week. It is. Seawee and not both, going, both, are, seaweed, then. both are Valentine's Day weekend. Not going to seaweed then. Um, so yeah, that's probably the coolest one. Is I mean, I, fishing for ducks is around that time too. Um, it's in it's in February. Yeah, they make. I'm sure you've seen pictures, but they make the shape of a duck head with all the spots you fish. It's a twenty five thousand dollar grand prize for the biggest fish, or however that looks. I can't remember I how that exactly. That's looks, in February also, or is it in January? It's in February. It's in February. It was like the weekend before Seaway, wasn't it? I think so. Yep. Where, it's where called, the, what's it called again? Fishing for Ducks. Fishing for Ducks. Is it there in Memphis? No. No. It's, no. it's like up north. Oh. Ice fishing? No. I, I, I got it's you. It's in now. Minnesota. No, I'm looking it's at... It's in Minnesota. I'm still looking at the Golden Goose thing. So. It's February 17th. Same weekend also. I've got it. I'm going to send you this pair of shoes. you got to look at this. Seven, $800 for slides. Yeah, your mom just bought some. She said, "Oh God, no, she didn't." Um, <laughs> she said that she goes, "How they look what, like crappy converses?" I said, they "What do, do the <laughs> what the high school events? What what all are they able to do? I mean, obviously the Golden Goose, but like what? Because you know some of these, you know, you have uh, in Texas at least uh, a little risque and some beer and some other things. So like high school, what all what do their events look like?" A lot of them are, are very close to an adult event. It all depends on the school. Um, but, like, we have – we host the three events here in Memphis. We host them off campus. Um, they have a – they'll have um, – they have a basically a separate room where people can get adult drinks. It's, it's totally separate from where the venue's going on. You walk through, and they have somebody kind of standing at the door checking to make sure kids aren't going in there. But uh, – yeah. It'll look very similar to an adult event, minus, you know, the, as you said, the raffle girls, um, raffle sellers. They don't, most time it'll be the kids on the committee of so many of them uh, that they'll, they'll do that. But they're very similar. Um, live auction, silent auction. They get a lot more donations than a lot of my adult chapters did, um, but they're very similar events. I mean, people, a lot of sponsor tables. Um, yeah, very similar. Now, they're all different. You know, some aren't, depending on, uh, you know, the school type, they're all different. I have one in, in Dyersburg or had one up there when I was regional director that was on was a part of the school uh, or, you know, it was at school on campus. And, and their their cafeteria uh, fixed the, the meal. And it was a spaghetti meal. It was very, very good every year. And, and the school paid for, you know, that was part of their 
they took in funds from the members early in the year and that that paid for the meal and they got everything else underwritten it was donated and they had a small silent auction live auction um but it was a smaller style event a lot of students came uh to that event and a few parents but it's all based on where the school is they're different all across the country but they they raise a significant amount of money each year um for du and and it's COVID killed a lot of high school and college right. um, chapters, uh, especially on the collegiate level, because you you know you're you're having to redo it every year, and especially every four years. So when you know people weren't on campus and you lost your entire committee, building that back up um, has taken us some time. But uh, we have a huge third term coming up in July that um, we'll have over two hundred and. 20 kids attend here in Memphis, um, kind of a collegiate summit for all of our college chapters. And that's, that, that's building every year. And we have to shut, um, shut off the attendance, um, for that. But this year we had the most, we also have a scholarship program, uh, that's become a huge thing for DU and, and we had the most applicants for the scholarship we've ever had. So, Oh, that's cool. I feel like our high school and collegiate chapters are, are going to come back just like everything else. I mean, stuff is slowly coming back, but it's coming back better. Yeah. I'm looking at the prize. There's a hundred, this fishing for ducks, there's a hundred prizes. And I mean, they're all like really, really good, really good shit. Oh yeah. $20,000 for first place. Uh, Super black Eagle three shotgun of the year. I mean, you even go down to like, there's an Argo Explorer ATV. That's prize number 100. So, I mean, all the prizes are fucking something. How many teams are there for this thing? Oh, there's there's over, I want to say there's over 3,000 people fishing. I could be wrong, but it's at, um, uh, I want to say that. It's going to be February. That might have been last year, though. And now my internet's lagging. That, so what I saw Mingo showed it to be February 17th or 18th. It's going to be the same weekend as seaweed and the same wisdom as turkey. I said everybody's putting everything in February. Yeah, they are. Well, why is it not loading up the homepage? You saw it too. Yeah, February 17th, 2014. 2024. 24. What the fuck, Andy? Get it together. It's been a long... It's the end of the school year, and like, it just fucking... I've got too much shit on my mind. Um, oh, we had... My kid graduate or gra- you can't say graduated anymore. Moved on. My kid uh, had Promotion? his... Promotion? Kindergarten celebration yesterday. Why can't you say graduation? Uh, and... Uh, they don't call it graduation anymore. They don't wear cap and gowns. Yeah. But um it was just a celebration. It said where they had it, but now I can't find it. Pike. It's Bemidji, Minnesota, yeah. I think. We we have we have eighth grade graduation here. Not not after this year. Oh, we're not doing it no more for this year? Well, no, they're not graduating. Thank God. It's uh a bit- Pike, yeah. Mill Millack Lake near Pike M- Point. Millax. Sure. If you say so. That's how you say it. I'll go with that. So, Jimbo, what else you got going on this summer? Anything exciting? Any great family vacations? We take a family vacation. We go to Florida every year, Sandestin. Um, we go with a big group of friends. Um, we're going to go to North Carolina around the 4th of July this year and, and do slide and rock. And I haven't done that since I was a little kid. It's cold. <laughs> It's a big rock. You slide down into really cold water. I've never heard nothing about it. I do remember it. that. All holes yeah, are pre-drilled near, uh, in the morning at this fishing for ducks. There's some busy motherfuckers out there. Could you imagine drilling 3,000 holes in the lake and not falling in? This event is something else. 
Like, seriously. And it's crazy they came up with it. But whatever gets people through the door. I want to, I've never I mean, been to you gotta offer. I've never been to North Carolina though. Um you've been, haven't you, Jeff? Islands, that's yep. what, been North Carolina a couple of times. Oh, that's that area. My wife and I took our uh, anniversary trip, our one year anniversary trip to the Biltmore. It's a neat place, um, isn't it? That's uh, incredible. I mean, I went to school forty five minutes from Asheville and so I went there a lot when I was in college and I mean North Carolina's just it's gorgeous. I mean, mountains and and we're going up there this summer to get a house up there. It's we'll go to the beach, but no, other than that, you know, we um it's man, there's always something going on with kids. We got, you know, summer camps and then we'll have some work weekends at the duck club and baseball camp here and vacation Bible school one week and that calendar is uh it fills up in the summer with things going on, but we don't uh don't do much elaborate traveling in the summer. We should because it's so hot, but we have a pool in the backyard the kids love, and we keep it around here. But I, uh, I'm excited. We're going to Vegas in a couple weeks for Ducks Unlimited's National Convention, which I'm really excited about. Fun. Um, Garth Brooks and Johnny Morris are going to do a fireside chat there. So it'll be interesting to hear. How'd y'all get them? Johnny, uh, I don't mm. Johnny probably. Oh. Um, Bass Pro, I, I would assume he, but I think that'll be really cool. And the convention's always a fun time to see all the volunteers across the country. And then we have a, you know, if you look at the summer, then we got third term coming up and then July, and then we get leadership conference later on. So there's plenty of things going on at, at DU. And um, we, uh, we'll be here before you know it. My grandfather, I saw him yesterday and, He's like, you know, it'll be my 77th duck season this year. <laughs> I guess, sir, I good, won't forget it. Good for him. Good for him. When, He's never missed opening day. That's his kind of our family tradition. We spend opening day every year walking into the woods. Always have. Um, I've been in there with years where the water's been four inches deep, and you can't even see water. Um, shooting wood ducks. I've been in some years where it's best hunting I've, I've ever had in my life. Um, but it's family tradition. We all go in there together. Um, there's a lot of those traditions and I dreamed about my son hunting with my grandfather and we've got to do that for the last six years of his life. Um, really the last four where he's been really been involved. So lots, lots of blessings. You're blessed right Biggest there, man. Biggest thief in the world is time. Being able to, uh, have grandfather, son and the whole family. You really are. You're a lucky guy. I am. That's a fun. It's fun. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool things going on right now in life and at work. So, very excited and blessed to to be where I am right now. We appreciate you being on here, Jimbo. While you can, and we appreciate Ducks Unlimited. We look forward to seeing you guys again. We will see you at. I don't know when I'll see you again, but you're 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 always invited out here, you and David. So, yeah, well, definitely. We need to uh, make the trip and come out there. Anytime. We'd love to have you out here. Uh, we will see you. Will you be at Memphis at Shin Gears deal in October? Uh, yeah, I'll, absolutely. I'll, we, I'll uh, see you there then. Y'all coming? Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, they, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. I talked to Carter and and those guys we, um, all the time, and and you know D, we built a, a DU Ducks Unlimited program with them when they first started. Uh, with their waiters 
that we have visual waiters at a lot of DU events across the country. And, and, uh, so that was, a we should a cool program, but the, we're supposed to have our boots will be here. I probably tomorrow. I bet you the new scout, yep, boots, scout they boots, just, uh, they came out last week. Yep. Um, so they will, uh, it's good. That film festival is shaping up to be a lot bigger than what they described it. I think when they first started, we, uh, we, we did a conservation partnership with them for that event. Um, and uh, I'm excited. We look forward I mean, to it. That was a cool idea of there on, on them. Yeah, it's out of the box. Come up with that. Well, see, I don't think people, and I asked Dylan Farrell the other day, I said, you know, what is it? I mean, you know, it came out as just film festival. People, yeah. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what film festivals are, but they have apparently films from across the, the country, people coming in to compete for a, a grand prize. And I think that's a... Uh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I'm excited to see, guess what, people, you know, what their films are. Yeah, I've never been to a film in? Fest. No, 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 no. We're just no. going to go and uh, partake. Just be and ourselves, be there with boss, and enjoy. Have a fun time. But, yeah, I mean, it's another one of those. Th- I've never been to a film festival, but it's just one of those outside-the-box things that's going to get people, you know, create a little bit of buzz. So I don't have to wear a tuxedo. It's like perfect this timing. Yeah, yeah, right. It's going to be really good. So we look forward to it. I mean, humidity. I think today the humidity of Memphis is up in the 90%. Screw that shit. And then Bama plays that weekend. Don't who does, who does Bama play? They play Tennessee that afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Two o'clock. They're going to show it on big screens on the stage. Roll tide, baby. Um, Roll tide. Right. Go Vols. (laughs) I'm not a fan of either one of them. You're Memphis. You don't care. And I'm an old Miss fan. Oh, what did what position did you you said you played college ball? What position did you play? I played receiver. Oh, huh. had some hands I'm, on you. About a buck seventy five. Then <laughs> uh, I've had a few cheeseburgers since those playing days. <laughs> um, threw the kids in the pool yesterday. I woke up this morning. I was like, man, I'm sore, Mars. Like, yeah, happens when you get old. But uh, yeah, that if y'all, I mean, Texas football is everything right um but bama tennessee and memphis is very very exciting especially last year i mean it looked like the super bowl people selling after tennessee beat alabama they were selling tennessee gear on every street corner in this town <laughs> you know it feels like 98 yeah <laughs> um i had a couple of those hats and said feels like 98 and i was waiting for them to lose when they lost again i marked it out and said 2021 <laughs> um but yeah i mean College football in, in Memphis is awesome because there's so many schools represented. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Memphis, yeah. Tennessee, um, Bandy. I mean, it's it's we're not dominated by one school. And so everybody gets their opportunity to uh, talk trash. Alabama fans get theirs more than everybody else. Um, but in Auburn, oh, I better say Auburn. David will have me, but uh, <laughs> they're uh, – It'll be that'll be a fun, fun time. Y'all get to see uh, orange everywhere for all those Tennessee fans wearing their their bright orange. We can't wait. We'll see you in October. This has been a lot of fun talking to you. And if y'all need anything, Absolutely. let us know. Yep, sounds great. All right, Thank you, Jimbo. See you, Jimbo. See ya. Yep. Ducks Unlimited. <clears throat> that we'll fishing deal sounds really cool. Fishing deal? I didn't realize that they had a yeah. high school chapter. Me and Dave, I didn't know about the high school chapter. That's interesting, too. Smart, smart, Starting those kids off really, really good. That's a good deal. Yeah, it is. Especially kids that are buying $600 for some old crappy-looking Converse shoes. I gotta, I'm got i going to send him those pictures. Or I'm, I'm looking at the Biltmore right now. What a, How far do you have to drive? Because look at that. The you entrance. You drive at all, hardly. You, took a, you drive and park, and then they pick you up on a bus, and they drop you right off. You walk 100 yards to it. 
maybe. But from the entrance to the admission gate to all this, you, we drove. Me and mom drove in. Looks like a bit of a and where you jog. Dr- where you drive in, you go buy your, your your ticket, and a bus pulls up and picks you up and takes you in. There's not much walking at all. It's really neat. It's a, it's an interesting. Okay, how far of a drive is it back there? Um, probably 15 miles, maybe. That far? Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Off the from the main road. Maybe probably five miles. It's not that far off. Wow. It's a neat place. They have a couple of hotels there. It's hard to believe someone could accumulate the wealth they accumulated back then. Someone lived there in the eighties. It was easy back then, yeah. My parents, my forefathers were just too dumb to do it. Yeah, that's what it is. It is a really, really, really neat building to see. And it's twice I wonder what a room costs a night there. You can't stay in the actual Biltmore. They have a hotel there. Oh. The Biltmore, nobody's staying in. I almost bought a curio cabinet, though, because I fell. Yeah, that's what you said. Nobody, nobody stayed, not even grounds crew or any, anything uh, not stays Not that overnight. I'm aware. Not in the actual building, I don't think. No, that's what I mean, in the Biltmore. No, I don't think anybody stays in the Biltmore. They may. I, I do not know. It's an amazing piece of property. How many fireplaces did you say were It's in there? tons. And big But that was the only way they could yep. stay warm. I think they had one or two people. All their full-time job was just keep the fires going. <clears throat> Burned Look a lot of wood. Did you see that room? If it's in there, I did. We went in every room. That looks like something. I was more uh, interested in the books than they had in their library than anything. They had first editions of, you know, uh, the Nutcracker, uh, different, which was the night before Christmas, stuff like that. They had actual first editions of it. What Those was I supposed to look time. up before the Biltmore? I don't have a clue. All right. We'll just get off here. All right. Thank y'all for listening to us. God bless y'all. Have a great week. Andy, hope you're having fun in Costa Rica. Goodbye. <laughs> Go get involved in Ducks Unlimited any way that you can. If a high school kid's beating down your door, send them a little bit of money. Uh, Double T British Kennel, Mossberg, Stanford Outfitters, Alpha Outdoor Specialties, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Podcast, Shin Gear, Dirty Duck Coffee, Dive Bomb Ministries, Pacific Calls, Boss Shot Shells.